Hey, Philo community, welcome to the podcast. This one is right before the Philo conference kicks off in 2022, about eight days from now. Oof, man, an entire year's work boiling down to next week. Uh, if you haven't gotten your ticket yet, there's still time. You can use the podcast 10 code for 10% off. That's podcast, all caps, and the number 10. We'll get you 10% off any kind of ticket, a single ticket, a group ticket, an online ticket, in-person ticket. Yeah, so there's still time to sign up. And you know what? We're putting the finishing touches uh, on the Philo Conference, but our goal is still the same, which is to help you become more effective so that your church can become more effective. Everything we do, the conference, uh, Philo Cohorts, our book, I Love Jesus, But I Hate Christmas, all of it is designed specifically with you in mind. There's a ton of content out there for pretty much every part of the local church, and that's amazing. But Philo is the place where you can come as a tech person and not have to worry about any part of the production. You just can receive and recharge and leave the work to us. And everything we're doing is with you in mind. So come hang out, learn, be inspired to go back to your church and to crush it instead of maybe being crushed. If you've been around the Philo community any length of time, our guest today will not be a stranger to you. I had the privilege of sitting down with Aubrey Wentz, who you might know her as the co-host of the Philo Conference, uh, but she's also one of our key leaders in the Philo cohort space. And it was really great talking about all different kinds of things. So let's just jump right into it. I'm here with my good friend, Aubrey Wentz, in person. In person. Yeah, this is not a Zoom call. Yeah, I guess we got tired of those. And we live close by. Totally. Why not do this like in real life? Yes. And Uh, all three of my children are at home right now. So that's perfect for you, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, husband, I'm gone. Uh-huh, okay. yeah, pretty much. That's how this. it went. Yeah. <laughs> He's been gone a lot lately. It's so true. It's, he can handle it. Yeah, it's good for him. So yeah, welcome to Thanks. the Philo office. And Thanks yeah, I'm glad me. we could uh, have this little chat. This is your second time on the podcast. Is that right? Or maybe... Yeah, Matt and I were on together the first time. That right? was like year one. Yeah, that was like the the OG original Or uh, like episode round. 11 or something crazy Right, like you were that. the first round of... Interviews, but I'm hesitating now because maybe were you a host for a one like for a live Philo, Pro- you know, at maybe the like conference? at a conference, yeah, yeah probably, maybe. Mm-hmm. So third time, we'll call it third time. Know, whatever. Welcome back. Thanks. <laughs> so maybe a lot of you listening will know Aubrey if you've come to the Philo conference or watched us online that uh, you are one of the hosts for the Philo conference. It's true. Part of the core team of Philo. You are leading cohorts. Like, yeah, we through, just wrapped our the third one I've led. We just wrapped. Nice. Yeah. yeah, all female, which is like something I'm sure we'll talk about totally. while we're on this uh, little podcast. But uh, maybe just to remind people, like maybe what do you do now, and well, like how did you get there? Just as a context for yeah conversation. The title, as it lands on paper, <laughs> experience development director with Willow Creek Community Church on our arts and worship core team. Okay. So like what that currently looks like right now is I've been working on a volunteer project with all of our campuses, campus arts and worship teams, just talk about like where you at with volunteers, how are you caring for volunteers, how are you developing volunteers? Okay. And seeing, do we have any overlap? Where are the biggest gaps that we have? Things like that. So experienced development director, what is it feeling like mm-hmm. to our people? And what is it feeling like in our rooms? Kind of keeping a pulse on that. I mean, like, actually, I very rarely do that specific part of my job. Sure, right. A lot of it's, our team's pretty tiny right now. So a lot of it's like video shoots and pushing projects through and just showing up for whatever needs to get done mm-hmm. on any given day. Yeah. But this this is actually my 15th year on staff with Will. It'll be 15 years in June. Okay. Which feels 
really wild to me. That is wild. Yeah. Yeah. What year did you start? Oh, seven. Okay. All right. Yeah. And started just as a part-time midweek service producer. Okay. And then it was like initially when I started, people kept leaving and I just kept absorbing their jobs. <laughs> so like our weekend producer left and I absorbed that job and came on staff full time. Mm-hmm. So then I was doing midweeks and weekends, which was like insanity. Right. And then we stopped doing midweeks and then I was just doing weekends. And then we had a worship pastor that left. So then I started doing that job. <laughs> And then we hired a worship pastor. So then I went just back to just doing the weekends. And then we moved into a new building. So I've kind of like had multiple different types of roles when it comes to weekend ministry, but always in arts and worship, helping lead teams, helping put events together, all that good stuff. Yeah. They say, uh, or I don't know who's they uh, in this scenario, but they say that if you stay around long enough, you'll be in charge. Yeah. At some point. Right. Enough people will leave and you'll be... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the last person standing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, new people have started coming to the team, which is really good. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. So, just hearing you say the date 2007 for me took me back to I was on staff mm-hmm. at Willow Creek in 2007. There's been a lot of changes that have happened in those years. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not unlike other places. Maybe the scale of Willow Creek makes it seem bigger or whatever. Sure. But, I think is something that everybody's dealing mm-hmm. with, you know, transition and mm-hmm. new people and new boss and, mm-hmm. you know, new boss's boss mm-hmm. and, you know, just what that does to, you know, someone that's just, you know, I'm just trying to do my job here. When you think back through the 15 years and all totally. the transitions, like, is there any thing that you can attribute right. how you've lasted for 15 years? Yeah. I mean, I think like first, I think the reason I'm still here is because Dang it, God just keeps asking me to say. It's not that I haven't said, hey, God, could it maybe be time for a new assignment? Uh And the answer was no or wait. I think some of what I've learned and being like in the midst of a lot of change, even right now, like even currently, this is my job title. It's all very like wet cement on our team right now. But even as I look back to some of the hard changes that happened between bosses and my role and responsibilities was giving myself permission to need to be a mess in safe spaces. Okay. In uh-huh. safe spaces, yeah. like not in a meeting when you're trying to lead people. <laughs> right, You sure. know, so uh-huh. everyone's like, what? what's wrong with her? But finding people who are willing to just let me kind of like – even say maybe like the worst version of whatever, mm-hmm. like I'm really mad at this person and I need to just say like the thing I'm thinking out loud to like right, get it right. out of me Yeah, in a safe like contained environment where the person listening and holding it with me will say, okay, so now what about you in all of that do you think God wants to shape? Sure. What do you think is worth bringing to that person? If there maybe is some conflict or whatever. But yeah, like not thinking that somehow handling change well means you don't ever get upset. Right. Or need space to just like, you know, close your office door and cry a little bit. Sure, right. And I don't think that's just a female thing. I think yeah, that's yeah. like a just a human thing. Right. I think I would would tend to just get busier. Right. To try to avoid the sitting still long enough to right. deal with the change. Yeah. Or just even sit in it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the other piece that I'm being freshly reminded of now, in fact, I was even just 
uh, texting with my one of my younger sisters about it today because we were t- chatting about some change thing. Mm-hmm. And I just commented, I said, yeah, I'm just the hard, hurtful things. I'm choosing to lean in and allow myself to learn from them so that when I'm leading in this kind of situation, I'll mm-hmm. do it differently because of how I'm experiencing sure, this. Sure, right. Maybe in a negative way. I'll choose to do it differently going when I'm in that situation or like, oh, I'm so aware of what makes this situation hard now, even though I'm the person that's in the hard situation. Mm -hmm. So it's like giving yourself permission to feel what's hard, but then also getting proximate and leaning into what God is doing Mm -hmm. so that something really good can be shaped in you through the hard thing. Right. Yeah, I think just one thing that you were saying there that I think is so great, there is never not, I should say that Double negative. Right. That there is awesome. never not a chance to learn something 100%. regardless of the situation you're in. You can always, like you were saying, like, I'm going to do this differently if I ever get yep. the chance. And yeah, to not waste the, not to waste the moment of, yep. you know, like, I hate this or this is hard. Yep. Okay. What makes it hard? What, what can we learn from it? How do we make right. it different? Right. I even love that thought of like, what could I be doing differently to change how this feels as tech people or doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah. We all have work to do. Yep. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the role I play, there's something I can do better. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, figuring out what that is Mm -hmm. and doing your best. Mm -hmm. And now sometimes that's not enough. Yeah. But if you're just waiting for the organization to make a change. Yeah you're probably never, you're going to just be disappointed. Right. And I think uh, change, this is going to sound so cheesy, but it's really true. Bring it. Let's go. Like change can either make us bitter or make us better. Like to use a horrible like (laughs) leadership alliteration. But like honestly, (laughs) because even when you say like, well, I'm not going to do it that way, it could be with like laced with bitterness. Well, I'm not ever going to do it that way. Right, right. Or it can be like, oh, God, will you... Will you help shaping me the the good to learn because so that I will do this differently yeah, yeah. in the future, whether it's my own behavior the next mm-hmm. time or if I'm the person like I remember there was something over the last year where like there had been a hard leadership situation years ago that I was like in the receiving on the receiving end of something that really just sucked. Mm-hmm. And the leader who was leading me didn't particularly handle it well. And I learned some about all of that in that situation. And then it was just last year where one of the people I was supervising, we got ourselves into a similar situation where like a hard decision needed to be made. Mm-hmm. But I was able to look back and go, okay, what didn't feel good to me then? What was just, that was about me. And mm-hmm. what was it that like, if that leader would have done this differently, yeah. maybe it would have... The hard decision would have still need to be made, but maybe it would have been like easier to swallow or would have felt more cared for. Sure, right. And so tried to make some adjustments to how I was leading then based on what I had experienced Mm -hmm. so that maybe it wasn't the same negative kind of wound. Sure, right. Because the truth is change is just hard. Yeah, yeah. And I think as a parent, you're doing the best you can. You've made some decisions based on your past experience with your own parents, like I'm going to do that or I'm yeah, not doing yeah. that, do the opposite of that yeah. or exactly that. Yeah. But the reality is your kids only know you as parents. So they only have you as their example. Right. 
And so they may love it or hate it. And right. it's like even yeah. people working for you or on your team, you know, it's like the, yeah, they might receive it. They might not. They might like one way over another. And right. yeah, just, I think, yeah, it's the the challenge of leadership that everybody's different and needs something different. And yep. which is a great reason to not waste those moments of your own personal discomfort to like, right. okay, just be aware of right. how this is making me feel. Try not to do that again. Yeah. Other people might feel the same way. Yeah. The thing that is universal maybe regardless of leadership style or whatever mm -hmm. is for people to feel like they're seen or cared absolutely. for or absolutely and so yeah how do you humanize hard decisions so how yeah. can i yeah. consider the person yeah. while making hard decisions yeah and i think recently what i've been learning about that in particular is sometimes i think we have to regularly be addressing the timeline and i and i think that's even true of any kind of change management, mm -hmm. which I'm sure like someone's like, yeah, somebody wrote a book about that. Like there's all kinds of change mm -hmm. management books out sure, there. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think in hard conversations when you're trying to humanize someone and, and care for them as a human while also needing to make a, a difficult organizational change or decision is to plan probably one more conversation than you think might be necessary mm -hmm. and make it available. So we're going to like deliver this hard information to this person or to these this team. And instead of feeling like we need to deliver the information, then we need to make a plan and then we need to execute the plan. We need to get everybody's agreement and yeah. buy-in all in one meeting. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, like that'd yeah, be right. a great plan A. Right, right. But I think to have the option of saying, let's deliver the hard information and then just say, how are you doing with that? Mm -hmm. How's it sitting with you? We can talk about some next steps. If it would feel better to you that we not, mm -hmm. you can do some processing right now. You can just take a beat, take some time. We yeah. can come back to this again next week. I think too often we start to feel like robots or numbers in a machine mm -hmm. of any company or any church when it's like, I just feel like you you like checked me off your checklist, your to-do yeah, list of decisions today. I had to talk to you, so today. I did. And yeah. right, mm -hmm. right, yeah. right, right. Now, one thing being on the receiving end of change thinking about like how to respond or how to push back or ask questions with, with some level of humility or mm. for you in your yeah. life and the changes that have happened that you've been a part of, like, have you felt the the freedom to say, hey, I have, I have concerns or questions or, yeah. or just feeling like I'm just going to take it and that's the end of it? Yeah. I think what's been new for me actually in the last season is realizing I'm usually pretty quick in the moment with a question or mm -hmm. uh, intuition about something. But what I've been noticing is I'm a little bit more, I need to take some time and think about it. And mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh, but so then for me, it's getting the courage to come back to the conversation and say, hey, last week or two weeks ago, we talked about this. You talked about this change. I've been thinking about that a little bit and wondered if we could revisit it mm -hmm. just so that I could express some concerns I have or ask just some more questions about it so that sure. I can feel great mm -hmm. about leading forward in this new rhythm or mm -hmm. whatever. So that's been surprising to me. And I've had to like be like, it's okay, it's okay that you yeah. need to come back to the conversation. Sure. But yeah, I feel like I'm not okay with trying to lead through something that I don't fully understand or fully agree with. Uh-huh. So I'm definitely going to ask a question or <laughs> yeah. say, have we thought about this? Yeah. Yeah. 
if we take it down, you know, out of the like the organization is changing or, you know, sure. some huge sure. thing that's going on to we're changing the order of the service or oh, we're yeah. we're changing I'm changing the graphics on my message or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I'll just speak for me. Some of those micro changes were a lot harder for me to push back on mm -hmm. or even address after the fact. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, sometimes I got to absorb this change, mm -hmm. but I need to revisit it mm -hmm. before it happens again. How have you managed those types of changes? Yeah, it's interesting. Even like as you were just asking me the question in my mind, I automatically start thinking, who does it impact? Like if that, if we're going to change something in the flow of service, if we're going to change graphics, like how many people does that impact? So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking like, I put my producer hat on, I'm thinking about my technical director, my graphics operator, my video director, like how's that going to impact everything? Service flow, like what has the volunteer team already rehearsed with our worship pastor? How's right. that going to, so I'm thinking through all of that mm -hmm. so that when I push back or when I ask the question, because then my question to that leader making the change is to Try to find out what's the value that's uh, driving the ask for something to be different. Mm -hmm. Because if I can understand the value that's behind it, like, oh, I want to change these message graphics because I'm realizing as I'm talking through it that I think that this point will land with people better if I flip it. Great. Now, when I go to the team and say, hey, we're going to change them, I get that that's a little bit of extra work, but mm -hmm. this is the value that we're going to try to sure. accomplish together because yeah, yeah. then everybody can get buy-in. If it's just like, ah, like I, there's definitely been times where it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just like feel a different song. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, can we talk about that a little bit more? Like every TD right now is like cracking up. Is like, yeah, I've yeah. been in that room. Yeah. And... All of this has to be preceded by really great relationship building. For sure, yeah. That's not in the heat of the moment. Right. You're not going to build great relationship in the heat of the moment. Yeah. You have to build it beforehand. Somewhere else. So yeah, that it right. can sustain yeah. you in the heat of the <laughs> yeah. moment. But I'm I'm always asking a lot of questions like of any production people that I work with even when we aren't making changes, even just as I'm observing, I'm a big question asker. Mm -hmm. If we would do something like this, what kind of work would that take? Or can you help me understand when we produce something like this, mm -hmm. what are the dominoes that all have to fall in order for us to get there? So that even if I'm the person that's asking for change, I understand the impact of it. Right, right. And what I, what, well, even the one production manager that I worked with for, I don't know, 10 years, he said, you've always understood so well why we do and how we do what we do, mm -hmm. that when you do ask for a change, he's like, I just don't question if you know if it's going to be a lot or not. I know that you know. Yeah. And if you're asking, it must be really important. Right, right. But that's all relationship that's developed that's not the pressure moment. Sure, yeah. So I think some, yeah, what's the value driving the that's want so for huge. a change? Yeah, right. Because if I understand that, then I can, I'm, I'm up for changing just about anything then. right. If it's going to help drive the value that we've all agreed upon home, and then how is it going to impact the team so that I can then accurately represent that to the person asking for the change? Yeah. There was, this was in our cohort a few weeks ago, and I've heard multiple production people say this, but one of the women said they had some change had been asked for. And I don't remember what it was, the change, but this phrase, do they even know how much time that's going to take? <laughs> and I actually, this is maybe not the most gentle, graceful response, but I just said, no. Absolutely not. They yeah. don't know. Yeah. They don't. And so how can we, as the experts in it, come up alongside them with grace, understanding, mm -hmm. patience, kindness, 
so that they can understand, hey, yeah, we can totally make that change. We can do that. Just so you know, this is the kind of work that it'll take. Mm -hmm. And then for the most leaders that I've worked with, I have worked with a couple of extravagant leaders that you're <laughs> like, they're like, yeah, do it. I'm like, really? Did you just not hear what I said? Yeah. <laughs> for real? And like, you're not building trust with the team, but most of the leader, the leaders I respect the most, if mm -hmm. it's crazy amount of work for a teeny tiny change, they'll go, oh my gosh, don't do it. Yeah. Just yeah. forget it. It was like yeah. an idea and I thought if it would be easy. Sure. Great, let's go for it. And when they find out it's not. Yeah. I think most, most leaders, yeah, not all, but I think most, I'll just say most people are reasonable. Right. And so if you tell them what, maybe what they're asking for involves, I think most people will say, will give you the answer you're looking for. If, which is, yeah, let's not do that. Right. I know for me, I just, I made assumptions that people knew how crazy their idea was and how much time it was going to take. And they decided to ask me anyway. Right. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm doing it because yeah. they yeah. wouldn't have asked otherwise. Right. And I think I've taken too much responsibility on myself mm -hmm. for executing something that maybe shouldn't be. Yeah, And I think a lot of tech people, I'll put myself in this camp as well. Like when I'm doing that, I generally have a bad attitude mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm dragging my team along with me in that mm -hmm. bad attitude. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is the team now distrusts the leader a little bit less. Totally. Which is maybe deserved, but probably not. Right. And this happened to me one time where I just, I can remember somebody asked for a crazy thing and I, I'm like, can I just like, let me find out what it will take. Yeah. And then I came back to them, hey, we can totally do it, but this, this, and this, yeah. do you still want to do it? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, no, absolutely not. It's like too much. Mm. And in that moment, I just realized like, if you're a public figure or like up in front, you kind of have a target on your back already right, for right. people to not like you. Uh, sure. <laughs> And so like he, that person doesn't need any help from me. To be having, disdained. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I like, unless he says or she like, yeah, oh, yeah sure, let's do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then now that's on you. Yeah. But it's not something that I've contributed to yeah. inadvertently. But I also think there's a balance. Like a story is coming to mind. There's a balance and also sometimes saying yes when it does take kind of a ridiculous amount of time because right. it's fun mm -hmm. and yeah. it's exciting. Because I also hear a lot that there are a lot of production people too that like, I get tired of just doing the same thing every weekend. I want a yeah, challenge. Yeah. I want something different. It's going to take extra time. It's going to maybe be a little bit ridiculous, but like, holy cow, we're, we're going to have a blast doing it and yeah. we're willing to give a little extra. I think when that's all the time, then it's not fun anymore. Right. And to build relationship with your leaders for there to be that flexibility of, hey, sometimes we're going to have to say no to the crazy idea. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can say, yes, there was, this is a few years ago, our uh, lead pastor at the time at the campus I was at, I don't even remember how it came up. He said it just like off the cuff, like, wouldn't it be funny if I had a swing on stage that was like connected into like the actual, like whatever is at the top. I was going to say Unistrup, but that's probably not Sure, that could be. At the top of the auditorium. And I could actually like swing out back and forth because we had a very deep stage. And he like kind of said it like off the cuff, like, wouldn't uh -huh. that be fun? And we were like, I don't know. Could we try it? <laughs> and so our production manager actually, 
he spent so much time figuring this out, but yeah. he had so much fun. <laughs> yeah. He was like a little bit like this took an absurd amount of time. Yeah. But we went for it. Yeah, yeah. And it was actually really fun to like surprise and bless our pastor mm-hmm. with with providing the outrageous idea. Right, right. And we all took a turn swinging on the gigantic swing that was on the stage. Yeah. It was a blast. Like yeah. it was so fun. <laughs> yeah. And it was like for a very short moment of a message, it came down the next weekend. Yeah. It took way too much time. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're looking for like ROI of like hours spent by staff members, it was yeah. a total waste. Right. We lost money, yeah, you know, yeah. but it was fun. Yeah. And that's where like, if change makes you bitter, you don't ever see the fun in, th- in something like that. Right, right, yeah. Because everything is extra. Everything takes you away from what you want to do. Everything's irritating. Yeah. But it's like sometimes it's fun. Right, right. And so like, go, yeah, sure, spend a few extra hours, have fun. And again, like hopefully the leaders around you are aware that if they're asking that every week, because I know teams that have been a part of that. Sure, right. Then it's not fun anymore. Yeah, right. It's just overwhelming. Yeah, going back to what you were saying, does require some level of trust between people, but to ask the question, to push a little bit back on somebody's idea. But then, you know, in the the example that I was just using that was super vague, you know, it's like, we can do it, but X, Y, Z, you decide. Like he knew that we were, we would, if he said yes, we would make it happen. And so I think the, the leader needs to know if it's really matters, he's going to say, yeah, do it anyway. And you need to trust that that's the right thing mm-hmm. and vice versa, that if you say it's going to take too much, that he needs to trust you that right. that's, right. or she, that that's the right It's actually call. accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I let somebody else say no. Because mm-hmm. I think also what we can run into, if we always hear no, so you're the leader and you're always hearing no, yeah. then you start to write your own narrative and make some assumptions. And you're like, I'm not even going to ask that question anymore because they're probably just, just going to say, say no. no. Right. When I'm very much like, I think how you ask is important too. Don't ask mm-hmm. as like the person with authority and the person with power. If you wield your power when you ask, they're always going to say yes and they're not always going to want to say yes. Yeah. But if you ask with curiosity, okay, so I have this wild idea, like, is that even possible? What would it mm-hmm. take? And that's when you start to dip your toes into the like fun land. Right, right. Where a, someone else on your team can lean in and go, are you crazy? That would be like, we can't do that. I'm like, okay, never mind. Stupid idea. Yeah. We won't do that. Or sometimes they go, well, I don't know. Let's lean in. Let's <laughs> yeah. hang a swing from the rafters and see what <laughs> yeah. happens. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it all comes back to how many points in a week are you engaging on a non-essential thing. Most of us probably aren't spending time with the senior pastor until he's showing up with his graphics late on a Sunday morning. Right. And yeah, there needs to be more, more to it than that. Right. Yeah. And that to me is like giving, like the times I'm thinking like, when have I made time not to wait for that, that leader to come my way, but for me to go their way, just for the sake of like having fun. The team I was a part of for about 13 years, ah, 10 years Mm -hmm. of my time at Willow, we did regular staff retreats together, but like we would also just goof off. We had these plasma cars in the church. And so like every now and then I'd be like, guys, let's go hop on the plasma cars. Like go hop on them and just like do it. Or someone brought in a motorized scooter and I was like, everybody out in the atrium, let's each take a try. Or just a few weeks ago, a coworker and I were like, let's walk while we do our one-on-one because we were just tired of sitting down. Yeah, And she was said, should we go like see if we can find a basketball and go to the gym and – like there's a gym in the sure, building yeah. at Willow's main campus and shoot some hoops. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I said, oh, so-and-so would love this. And he happens to be part of our 
office of the senior pastor, our executive team. Sure, okay. And she's like, let's FaceTime. And I'm like, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> Are you free? Meet us at the activity center. <laughs> yeah. And so we just went and we talked work business things. Sure. While we shot some hoops and yeah. had a good time and had fun together. So right. it's like, get creative about it. I think too often we tend to think, oh, if we do that, <laughs> yeah. We're going to become lazy, unproductive people right. who don't ever get their work done. I yeah. like, haven't met a production person like that, really. No, yeah. It doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. I think, too, like making the first move or making an effort to build that trust instead of waiting for someone to build it with you. Like, I think that's so huge. Because as an introverted tech person, I could spend my whole life wishing someone would like come to the right. front of house and talk to me and find out how I'm doing. Right. And the reality is that everybody's wanting that. Yeah, we're all just <laughs> Everybody humans. wants it. Yeah. yeah, right. And so why not, okay, I'm going to go make the move, totally. get out get out of my seat and do something. Especially if you're frustrated with, you know, changes or whatever and you want it to be better, like it's a great way of, yeah, just making the first move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So in your life, you know, thus far, yes. you're 15 years. Is that what you said? 15 years? 15 will, years. Oh my gosh. I only made it 10 and a half. So well Congratulations. done. Congratulations. Yeah, no, I, I don't know who's, the, I think maybe you win. Yeah, actually. I don't think so. No, it's, uh, it was actually right at about 11 years. Like from the moment I'm like, I'm coming to Willow to the time I'm like, mm. I'm now done. It was 11 yeah. years. And the church before that was 11 years. Oh, so how many I'm years year, the I'm in year eight of, oh, of 11. Yeah, right. So I don't know what's going to happen in <laughs> a couple of years. Yeah. Break the cycle. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Break the cycle. <laughs> I forget what it is. <laughs> That's fantastic. Something part. super profound. Oh, yeah. I mean, in your time of 15 years of, of being on staff at a church and seeing changes and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, and we've talked a little bit about like creating moments that are outside of the the pressure cooker of of what we're doing. You know, part of it is if 100% of your in, interaction with someone is around a very stressful situation, like rehearsals and services, whatever, that's all you have to lean on Yeah. versus even if 75% of your relationship totally. revolves around that versus the 25%, which is, you know, every Tuesday we go to Starbucks together or whatever. Totally. How much relationship and trust is a big part of it, which is about community and the the value of like this thing we're doing called church is a community sport. It's like something yeah. you have to do together. And you've even said it, you know, taking retreats and stuff like that mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And now you're, you've been leading these cohorts for female production people, which mm-hmm. I just think is my mm-hmm. favorite thing ever. Mm-hmm. Like how have you noticed a community in, your, in the cohort, mm-hmm. in your life, yeah. With these women, with you know, with yeah. the other teams you've been a part of, that how much that has played into this kind of dealing with changes and totally. I think what is interesting, I have felt this being typically being one of, if not the only female on a team, that makes it a lot harder to build relationship outside of work because of the whole sure. like gender male, dynamics, female, yeah, male yeah. female thing. And watching the men around me do it so effortlessly. Mm. Like, let's go grab a beer after service. Oh, I don't know. Ah, we're not a church. I can yeah, say that. Fine. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. What am I saying? At some churches, they do that. Some, some people I hear <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do things like that. Or like, hey, let's go grab lunch together. Uh, I would not ever ask one of the men on any of the teams I've ever been on. Let's yeah. just you and I go out to lunch. I right, just, right. I wouldn't do that. And it would be weird maybe if one of them just did that for me. Sure, right. Yeah. 
So I think that, okay, so I'm just going to say it. I think the men, if you are a man and you are part of a team and there's only one woman on your team, mm-hmm. grab another dude and that woman and all go out to lunch together. Right. Intentionally be aware that she needs other opportunities to be brought into community because mm-hmm. she can't do the one-on-one thing like all the other guys on the team can do. Right. I think that's been a huge challenge. Mm-hmm. And just like, you got to crack that nut. Yeah. I think, and and I think the men around those women can be advocates for things like that and help them build relationships Mm -hmm. so that it can be fun. I remember growing up, I still have four older brothers, but like when you're, you have four older brothers, I learned how to do boy type things, stereotypical boy type things, because I want to be able to play. Yeah. And so I had a male supervisor at a team that I was a part of. It was, yeah, I was, I was me and one other woman. And I don't know, we were talking about something and somebody made a fart joke and I made another fart joke and he started laughing. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, oh my gosh, he's like, Aubrey, sometimes yeah. I forget that you're like, not just one of the guys. And it was yeah. like, at first I was like, yes, I'm like winning. And then I was yeah. like, shoot, yeah, but I'm yeah. not one of the yeah, guys. Yeah. And uh-huh. what I bring to our team as a female is uniquely different and good. Mm-hmm. So I think that's tricky. What I see with the women who join the cohorts and I've had a handful now that have come back as alumni to mm-hmm. another all-women cohort. Right. And they'll say things like, I just need the community of this. I mm-hmm. just need to know there are other women doing what I'm doing. Not because I'm at odds with the men that I work with. I love the men that I work with. They're mm-hmm. fantastic. And I enjoy it. Yeah. But you start to feel a little like alien in your own space because mm-hmm. you don't see someone who's like you. Yeah, right. Doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's like a, you have to work harder, do better to even ping the radar mm. because there's not that extra easy relationship building happening. Right, right. Do you think it's that's unique to women in production? Maybe because it, it's such a heavily male situation, but like women, like you just, for you, you haven't, you're not necessarily a production person, but right. like even in the roles that you've played, has that yeah, been? Yes. I think now I'm like, don't get on the feminist soapbox, Aubrey. Oh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> well, you've said it now. I know. Yeah, just get I'm up like, on it. Well, I mean, oh, I'm like, how do we, <laughs> oh, yeah. how deep do I go? The truth is we exist in a patriarchal society. For sure. Yeah. Even like I just, re- I am not as hot on this, but I was like, oh, good point. Had a friend of mine say, even the fact that we say, hey guys, yeah, to a room. I've even been in a room of all women with a male leader who go, hey guys. Yeah, yeah. But if I walked into a room of all men and say, said, hey gals, right. everyone would be like, what is what wrong is the matter with, with her? You? Right. So like <laughs> even the fact that like we sit to the the male dominant things. So most, which what that means is that for women to bust into any other upper levels of leadership or move into certain spaces, mm-hmm. you are going against what is culturally been norm, the sure. norm, mm-hmm. what's culturally normative. And so, yeah, I think I was just talking to a woman that I know who leads a company that does women's, she's doing like women executives and she's okay. doing cohorts. And I was like, oh, I'm doing cohorts for female production people. And as we started to share, I thought, I wonder where the similarities will be. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only woman. I can't build relationships with any of the men on my team because they mm-hmm. don't get it. Or, And then there you hear like, and then there's like comments about what I'm wearing or why do I have to wear this? And they get to wear that. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, and she's dealing with corporate executives, right, right. women in cohorts, mm-hmm. and they're still finding this need. I need to know there are women that are doing what I'm mm-hmm. doing because most of the time I feel like an alien mm-hmm. because I typically see myself with men. I don't think it impacts every single move they make every day. Sure, right. But to know that there's a special place where you can go and be like, oh my gosh, mm. you're a girl doing this too. There's just like, like a comfort and a, a feeling of being seen. Sure, right. In it. And so, yeah, I don't think it just exists within production. I think anywhere where there's typically, it's typically been dominated by men, mm-hmm. which like. The world. <laughs> other than, <laughs> dare I say, other than within the home, all spaces are male dominant spaces. Mm. And I think then the reverse, we have to be careful with, this is totally not about production anymore, but you have to be careful (laughs) with the reverse in the home, which has been a female dominant space, Mm -hmm. to make space for guys to do their thing in the kitchen with their kids. Like, yeah. That's a whole nother topic, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe to the question of like, how does community help in these moments of change in the cohort, you know, just to be able to say, hey, I'm dealing with this and somebody be able to say, me too. And I have no yep. answers for you or yep. I can help you in some way, just that, that that is enough. And so it's not necessarily cohort specific or female production yep. person. Totally. It's like find your people to just like, yes. even if it's just a vent or to ask questions or right. how have you dealt with this? Right. Because I tell you what, Back in the 90s, there were times that I would just call somebody that I knew at Willow Creek and they would pick up the phone every time. It actually blows my mind still, just like now that I know that person a little better. I'm like, oh, wow, they picked up the phone every time. Okay. And I would say stuff like, hey, you know, my, you know, I'm responsible for the production for the youth department and that youth pastor is driving me crazy and this and that and the other thing. Yeah. How do you guys handle that? And the answer was, yeah, we don't know. Don't have a clue. And even that was such, was enough for me to just know, oh, there is no answer for this. So I'm not crazy. And totally. Yeah. Even my husband just started a new job about Mm -hmm. four months ago and it's a big job and he's most of the time knows what he's doing, but he had come from being on staff at a company for, you know, 15 years. And so then all of a sudden you're switching and you're like the new kid on the block again. And he was just like, dang, I just feel like I don't, am I ever going to learn this? Am I ever going to know? And so he took a risk and reached out to one of the other guys that he has relationship with. That's part of this company Mm -hmm. that's been there a year, a few years years, longer than him and just opened up and said, Mm -hmm. I feel like, and response was, I don't know, sometimes I'm just making it up too. (laughs) And you're like, dang. And not that like, not making it up like, that can sound irresponsible, not irresponsibly, but like at some level, we're all just trying to figure it out as we go. Right. And isn't it comforting to hear another leader, whether you need to hear from another female leader because it's particularly related to how you are coming up against maybe an issue because of your gender, Mm -hmm. or you just need to hear from another leader who's leading the same kind of team that you're leading or engaging in the same kind of activity to say, this part's really hard and I just don't, I don't get it sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you do want them to have a great solution and answer for you. Right. And sometimes it's also just as comforting, if not more, for them to say, I really struggle with that too, and I don't know. Right, right. If I'm feeling that way, and you're feeling this way, and your husband and his coworker, and like you just think about 
pretty, I'm pretty sure everyone has some feelings of this, including your senior pastor, including your worship leader, the person you're working with. And for me, at least, it it brings up a level of grace for that person that I would not normally otherwise have. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like my senior pastor's got it all together. They know all the answers. They have all, they know the plan, mm-hmm. the direction, the vision, all that stuff. It's all locked in there, you know, in place. Like, probably not. Maybe parts of it. Right, Like, sure. we all definitely know, like, there are certain times when you can, you feel like, I feel comfortable. I feel solid. I know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I feel like my skills are being utilized. Yeah. And I feel like, especially in the in the realm of live events, that can shift in the snap of a finger <laughs> where yeah. all of a sudden you're like a duck. And I like, I'll do like duck on water, cool, calm, and collected on the surface. Yeah, yeah. What are those feet doing underneath? Yeah. Like yeah. paddling like mad. But you don't have to like flip out either. You right, know, like right. keep your cool, <laughs> take a deep breath. One of the things that you said, I think that's really important, vulnerability and transparency mm. and, you know, just admitting that like, I don't have it all together. I think as a production person, so much of my job is to make it happen and failure is so like out there for everybody to see. But I think being transparent and vulnerable with others, your worship leader, your senior pastor, your other teammates, like, hey, I don't have all the answers and I'm really struggling here. It's one of the beauties of the of the cohort. Yeah. And I was just, so the podcast I was listening to, it's, it's about soccer, the podcast. Oh, geez. <laughs> and they're interviewing a guy named Jesse March, who is mm-hmm. the only the second American coach to coach in the English Premier League, which is like- That's a big, big deal. deal. Yeah. And so they're interviewing him and he used to, he came from a couple of teams back, the Austrian Soccer League. Crazy. And so again, first American yeah. to do that. And so he decided, my family, we're going, it's yeah. uncomfortable, we're gonna make it, we're just gonna do it. We're gonna embrace the uncomfortableness. Yeah. I gotta learn a new language. And so there's a, for soccer people, a viral video of him giving a, a like a halftime pep talk to his team. Yeah. And it's like half in German, half in English. Oh he's gosh. super passionate and yeah. he's like embarrassed that it's out there. But in the conversation on the podcast, he's saying, one of the things that I did not plan on as a coach in that situation is that how much community was built around the fact that I could not speak perfect German, yeah, totally. but that I was trying. Yep, And so that got people like, on the team rooting for me and helping me yeah. and being for me. Yes. And I think that little bit of vulnerability, they ended up winning a bunch of stuff that they that team hadn't won in years. Yeah. And so, and a lot of it was so because good. of this culture he created. And one of the bits that he like yeah. was unplanned was just yeah. like, I'm gonna learn this language and I'm gonna give a pep talk that's like half, yeah. half English, half German. And yeah, just, vulnerability is so key. Yeah, and I think the the vulnerability actually even was his it sounds like his effort to like say I want to come your way. Yeah. yeah. I'm the leader, but yeah. I want to come your way. Yeah. And learn it how you do it. Right. And like I think there's something there's actually something that learning a new language beautifully provides you in that. Mm-hmm. We were just on vacation in a country where they their primary language is Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so I'd try a little bit here and there. It brought the hugest smiles to their faces. Anytime you just even made an attempt, you're like, I oh, it sounded horrible. And they're like, it's okay. Yeah. Let's practice, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, but because what you're saying is my way and who I am 
doesn't get to be the dominant factor in this right. relationship. Right. As a leader, I bring a certain skill set. I bring maybe a certain language mm-hmm. or perspective, whether that's actual language or like leadership language. Mm-hmm. But in what I'm doing, I want to make space for who you are too. And I want to learn you and I want to come your way and communicate the way right, that you're right. used to. I want to speak in German and English yeah. because I know that that makes you feel seen and known. Yeah. That's what you give to your people as a leader when yeah. you don't just come in thinking, well, I, I know how to do this and I'm just going to lead the way I lead. Right. Yeah. I mean, even as a follower to, yeah. I think it's so key to try to move from where you are towards the other person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the surface, it's so much easier to just stay where I am and yeah. build walls yep. and say no a lot and yeah. hate change and right. become bitter. Right. And when you when you say all those things, like, I need to move. I, right? I, I should not be sitting here. Right. Well, uh, and I think what's tricky about change is you can swing the pendulum the whole other way. You could listen to talk, like our conversation and go, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, so I need to be totally flexible. I need to change everything. I need right, to go right. with the flow. Pause. You can also lose yourself in all of that. Yeah, yeah. And so I think part of like, what, you know, the first question you asked me is like, how have I dealt with so much chain of, change over the years? It's been a lot of reminding myself, allowing God to remind me mm-hmm. in some quiet, reflective times through scripture, who he's created me to be and having really, really close friends around me that can Mm -hmm. tell me hard truths with love and reflect to me like, hold on, you're changing this way. I've just, I've never heard you talk about it that way before. I've never heard that be something that you're passionate about for. Is that for real or are you just, and especially because I'm a three on the Enneagram, so Mm -hmm. we can tend to be chameleons and just change with whatever is happening. Just winning is the, Yeah, yeah, (laughs) like is this successful, is who I am right now going to be successful in this environment Mm -hmm. or what do I need to change? Right. And so if you're a person like that, I would say there is a gift in that, that Mm -hmm. God, that put in the right place in your life, God will use mm-hmm. for you to help build teams. Yeah. But there is also a shadow side to you may get to the end of a lot of change and go, I don't even I don't know who I am and I don't even right, know if I right. like this anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so it's coming back like find space to do the grieving, find people who can remind you of who you are. Mm-hmm. Get with God regularly so that he can remind yeah. you who you are. Right. And make sure that, that part doesn't get lost. Yeah. Really recently, uh, through the course of last year, uh, the Smucker Brown part of was doing a study through the Psalms. And one of the things that was so outstanding to me was the way there's so much of this wrestling with God. Mm-hmm. Life is horrible. This is all awful. Smite my enemies. Yet yeah. I will praise you. God, you know, your love endures right, forever. Right. Like this, this constant wrestling with mm-hmm. like the real humanity of life and the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And it got me realizing so often we make so much of what we do in life about the decisions we do or don't make. Right. And I'm just getting to the point where, and this is like truly like every day I walk into work and I'm like, okay, God, whatever you want me to put, I want to put my hands to meaningful work, Hmm. whatever that is today. Yeah. Like, let me just be open to that and be all about that. Sure. As the person you've created me to be. Hmm. You've wired me a certain way. You've gifted me a certain way. If I can be in this situation still, that's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. The willow that I joined 15 years ago and the willow that is today, there was there's Probably goodness in times. both of them, yeah. but it's so different. Right. I don't work with any of the people I used to work with then. Yeah, yeah. It's a totally different staff. And so, but 
if I can show up every day and walk well with God, mm-hmm. I'm okay. Yeah. If it gets to the point where you're showing up to a certain situation and you realize you can't walk well with God mm-hmm. anymore, then I would say maybe it's time for you to consider a change. Yeah. Or even just the, if you can't show up as yourself. Right. Then, yeah, it's probably time to. Which I would say, if you can't show up with yourself, you're not walking well with God because you're actually dishonoring who created you to be. Sure, right. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I know, and it is like, and and then and then go give yourself time to like be like, this sucks. This right, is hard. right. <laughs> yeah. How come you couldn't give us an easier answer, Aubrey? This change is hard. You yeah. can survive. Yeah, but you got to keep a pulse on. Yeah, I love yourself. the idea of just showing. I have a friend who she's she has been at a church for thirty years or something, wow. long time, and she just like that's her attitude. I'm showing up. I'm going to yeah. be myself and. Do the job in front of me. Yep. Until I can't. Yep. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us today. Of course. So much fun. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> Watching Aubrey work and lead from an up-close vantage point, it's been so inspiring just watching her willingness to push through difficult times and to do the work that's right in front of her. Such an inspiring example. A couple of things that I really loved that she said, you know, instead of wishing that things weren't so hard, ask yourself, what can I learn from the situation I'm in? Such a healthy perspective to have when things feel tough. I also loved, she was making fun of it, but the whole bitter or better, like are the situations you're in making you bitter or better? That's something that I think about all the time from way back in my early days. The pastor that I was working with used to say that phrase a lot. And I think it's so easy to get beat down and just have things always uh, make me a little bit bitter, but how can I turn that around? I also loved just the question she was asking about changes like in a service, like what is the value of a particular change? Kind of digging into a requested change with that person saying, like, what are you trying to get at or how important is this? I think so often uh, when people ask for a change, it's in the heat of the moment. We just dive in and do it without asking too many questions when it was just a nice idea as opposed to like, we have to do this. So just, that was such a great reminder. And if you like this conversation, actually I got the chance to sit down with Aubrey and record a video interview for the online version of the Philo Conference uh, that's coming up next week. We talked about leading through uncertainty, which is a little bit of what we talked about today. And she's unfortunately become an expert at this through her years of ministry. She's been a part of many uncertain times And so we just got a chance to talk more in depth about that. And from a Philo cohort perspective, if you're intrigued by the idea of cohorts being in community with other technical artists, being mentored by Aubrey and a group of fellow technical artists, we're opening up a new round of Philo cohorts in a few weeks. And you can go to our website to join the cohort waiting list. New cohorts are opened up to the people on the waiting list first before they go public. So if you want first dibs, you go to philo.org slash coaching to wait. It's sort of like preparing to stand by. You can stay up to date on all things Philo by following us on social media at Philo Community on Facebook and Instagram at Philo Conference on Twitter. And remember, not too late to sign up for the conference. If you can't make it in person, yeah, you can stream everything. Everything we're doing is being streamed. All the breakouts, all the main sessions. We got extra content for you. If you can't make it in person, join us online. Podcast 10 for 10% off. 
If you're gonna be there, I can't wait to see you. Come say hello. If you're not gonna be there, maybe consider next time. Until I see you, whenever that is, 